I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Canto by Dispatch. Today I'm Brittany and joining me today as always is my friend Emily Lynn. Hi Emily. Hi Brittany. Are you? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm doing good. The week is almost over and a new week is starting so that's good. I mean I'd rather the new week not be starting but sure. A new week with New opportunities, new things to cook, new things to try, new movies to watch, other than The Phantom Menace and Fast and the Furious, maybe. Yeah. Not not back-to-back. I was going to originally, and then I couldn't because I was too tired and annoyed. Well, before we get to that, I have, I have something to ask you. Okay. So... I admittedly haven't been on Twitter much this past week. And, you know, I was about to put back on Deadwood and finish the last, like, 20 minutes of it. And I saw some tweets between you and Chris Fresh, one of the hosts of The Geek Dudes. And My fiancé. Also your fiancé. And I was just genuinely wondering, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Oh, because I tweeted about how he was very rude to you. He, what did he do? He was very rude to you. Um, I haven't. I still have like twenty minutes left on the episode because the episode's like almost three hours long, and um, he took umbrage at your dislike of the. Disney gallery Mandalorian whatever the fuck it's called show and specifically you talking shit about Filoni so you're telling me that he didn't like my review of the Dave Filoni show yeah I mean what made him so mad that it was like the Dave Filoni show or that like was he realizing that there were like actually other people there except for Dave Filoni because like it took me a little bit to realize that too because it was the Dave Filoni show. He said he seemed to think that you were exaggerating the amount that Dave Filoni um, monopolized the conversation. Okay. 
And also, it had some stupid fucking line about how if you don't like something, then you shouldn't watch it, which seems dumb because he's the one who wanted me to watch The Phantom Menace so that we could fight about it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I mean, I I was going to watch the next episode, but admittedly, like, the last couple days have, have been very, so great that, like, I just thought that the Dave Filoni show could wait, but... Um, I mean, I, I want to watch it because it's like I want to find out like more like behind the scenes info. Like I was hoping that the round table would like happen less, but I guess that's going to be a big part of the show, which is something that, you know, I'm either going to have to like suck up or, you know, it, it's fun to make fun of it. But it, yeah, it's unfortunate for I almost said unfortunate for Dave Filoni, but for Chris Fresh, like, but I, I saw something else on Twitter about Jonesy. Um, so I don't remember how the conversation came up, but Jonesy has a th- thing for redheads, which is sort of an ongoing thing on the show. And Chris asked him, about you and then was encouraging him to hook up with you so that fresh could hook up with your sister wow that's a journey yeah i don't remember what prompted the question that's like some like 90 day fiance shit (laughs) also lady j was in the room when this question was asked Oh, I'm sorry, Lady J. <laughs> uh, Chris Fresh will literally do anything to get certain things that he'll never get. <laughs> like your sister? Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, because I could say the same thing about, you know, if you don't like it, don't watch it. But like, you know, with him, like, if you if if it's not going to happen, then don't talk about it. You know? <laughs> no, I love Chris Fresh. And I'm glad that I was able to add uh, some content to his last episode of The Geek Dudes. I mean, I suppose the answer to that is if you don't like us talking shit about Dave Filoni, then don't listen to our podcast. But... Yeah, and like, I never talk shit either. So like, that was a big thing for me to like sit here and be like, Dave Filoni time. But yeah, I mean, teach their own, I guess. I mean, I still haven't watched it, and I'm probably not going to. That's okay. You can live without it. I mean, you've been watching a lot lately. And by a lot, I mean... Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Which felt like a lot, because it felt like it was about five hours long. So... I'll ask you two questions. All right. Um, the first question is, what did you hate the least? What did I hate the least? <laughs> um, 
What did I hate the least? Ewan, maybe? Ooh. Like, he's fine. He doesn't really get to do anything in this movie. But he's generally fine. Um, I hadn't seen this in a while, so I don't think I realized how much I disliked Qui-Gon. In my head, I thought I liked Qui-Gon. And it's not, and I know it's not, I tweeted about Liam Neeson making it impossible to like Liam Neeson, which is true, but I think I could still like Qui-Gon if Qui-Gon didn't suck. But as it turned out, when I watched yeah. the movie this time, Qui-Gon fucking sucks. So, like, what takes the award of the worst thing about The Phantom Menace? I mean, maybe that pod racing scene that goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. I felt like I was watching that forever. And it could have been like a three minute sequence and accomplished the exact same thing. Um, the effects really don't hold up. Hmm. And you can talk a lot about how they were doing stuff at the time that was super cutting edge but i also feel there's something who said for if the technology isn't there yet maybe don't do it and find something else to do and there's just so many sequences here where you're watching cartoons and it's really really obvious that you're watching cartoons and the fact that the actors don't have anything real to interact with and i know that that CG is used in movies and used in movies. And a lot of times we don't even know what's happening. And I know the Mandalorian for one is using it a lot, but the Mandalorian has the technology to do that now where it looks yeah. really good. And that was not the case when they were making the Phantom Menace, the technology wasn't there. So when it's all green screen and actors are just talking to a tennis ball and don't even have a real set to ground them in anything, Paired with the fact that George Lucas is, even by the accounts of actors who love him, like not an actor's director in terms of giving anybody any actual direction or motivation or anything at all. It's a real bad combination. Yeah, and I guess like George's style of directing is really interesting and it it really shows you know, the prequels and like why the prequels are the way they are is because, you know, they had someone like George and, you know, it just shows how big of a difference it is like during or with, you know, the sequel trilogy and them having directors like JJ or like someone like Ryan who, you know, gets really involved and, and it, I don't know, like, I, I, I think that's one thing I've always like, enjoyed about the prequels is that it's just like a mixed bag of just you never know what you're gonna get even though you're watching <laughs> the same thing every single time like just George is just so interesting and like the way that that cast was able to you know go along through that movie I mean props to them I mean especially like Jake Lloyd and Hayden in the next couple movies I mean 
these people had probably like little to no like actual like direction. Like they kind of had to like figure out figure out themselves. There's and I've 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 talked about this before, and it's still it's my favorite like sort of prequel era story, and that's Peter Serafinowicz who voiced Darth Maul going in to do the reading and doing what he thought was just like a, you know, establishing test reading and then being like, okay, we're good to go. And he's like, but wait, I don't, that was just a throwaway thing. Now you're supposed to tell me what you want me to change and how you want me to do it. And I'll do it for real. <laughs> I'm like, no, we're good. George thinks it's fine. <laughs> oh man. I mean, like, you know, I hate questioning, like, you know, especially like seeing like, you know, the, how the movie was made and everything like if George really cared but I mean I, I definitely think that George cares but his way of showing it is so different and maybe the way of you know introducing CGI and making a lot of the movie CGI was him being like I really care about this and I feel like this is like a new thing to add to the movie so this is going to be mainly CG well no I think the question is what George cares about and and George cares about technology and yeah. cares about technology and doesn't care about actors or dialogue. And if he could make a he could make a movie where he didn't have to deal with actors or making an actual movie, he would really like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean did you, would you, how did you feel about the lightsaber duel with Obi Wan, Maul, and Qui Gon? Do you think that was fine? I think the actual fighting is good because you have Ray Park, who is an excellent fighter. Mm -hmm. The problem is now that how badly the like background effects have held up. And probably were bad yeah. at the time, but I mean that fight. Like, if you could just like isolate the fighting itself, it's really good. If that fighting were happening like on a real set where it wasn't, and there's a little bit of jumping around, like from level to level, which I don't love. But th- the other thing I had forgotten is how quickly Obi Wan kills him. Like, after he gets knocked down and then, like, grabs Qui-Gon's saber, he kills him instantly, which I had said. In my head, it was a longer fight scene than it actually is. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like it goes on, that fight feels like it's going on so long because we have, you know, the cutscenes to Anakin in space and then Jar Jar with all the other Gungans fighting the droid army. Which I assume was another point of uh, unenjoyment. Well, yeah, because I don't like those characters, and it, like it's like I'm. I feel like I'm back watching the Clone Wars or something. Yeah, understandable. And I don't yeah. know. Like it just really brought home that I think starting with Anakin as a little kid was super misguided. Yeah. Wait, just from from a storytelling idea, especially if you're going to have Padme be an adult, 
Like, it's just, it's so bizarre. It's such a weird choice. Because, you know, you can talk all you want about how, oh, well, he was making, you know, the defense of, oh, he was making a movie for kids. Luke Skywalker's not a little kid, and kids love him, and kids love Han Solo, and kids love all sorts of movies that aren't about little kids. So that argument just doesn't hold any water for me at all as a defense. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I I hate that there has to be arguments, you know, over everything. You know, like, we're able to sit here and I'm able to dissect, like, these are the things I love about The Phantom Menace. And, like, you're here to dissect and say, here are the things I hate about The Phantom Menace. And it's like, you know, like, I'm not here to be like, no, Emily, you're wrong. Like, I just hate that that still exists in fandom where, like, someone has an opinion and then someone else is like, no, you're wrong. This is what George meant. You know, because back to, you know, Dave Filoni, when Dave, when, during the Dave Filoni show, you know, he shared this, like, beautifully, you know, elaborate story, you know, how, like, the Phantom Menace, like, connects to, like, Return of the Jedi and all that. And it's like, that's, that's great. Like, that's an example of someone being like, look, like, you know, this is how what I feel. This is what George was doing, you know, but you have someone on Twitter being like, no, you're wrong. This is how it is. And, you know, it just it, it's ridiculous because it just everyone is entitled to their own opinions. And like. No one's asking for your opinion. Of whether I'm right or wrong about what I think about a movie. Yeah. Like, right? I, yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't particularly care how people respond to me tweeting about the Phantom Menace as long as it's like, like, I don't mind people disagreeing with me as long as it's presented as an opinion and not a fact. Yeah. Yeah, but... That's okay. But, I mean, you got through it. (laughs) Yeah, I got through it. That's the way to put it. You live on to another... Would you watch Attack of the Clones? I don't know. I mean... I have... Beyond Jimmy Smith's, I have no fond recollections of that movie whatsoever. But we'll see how bored I get and how much longer isolation and you know lasts. Yeah, make another cocktail. I saw you made this like cocktail contraption thing that was like a slushy. It was rhubarb and mango and vodka, like blended up with ice. Ooh, that sounds good. Was it needed? It needed something. Like, it either needed, like, yogurt or something to be creamier, or it needed lemon juice to be tartar. I just, I didn't, my, you know, like, groceries has been sort of sporadic, so I don't have stuff that I normally have in my fridge. I know, shit. I have, I have nothing. Like, I think that the other day, like, I actually, like, went out and I got myself, like, some, like, some alcohol or something and I had this I got this like I think it was like a four pack of it was like these cans of like spicy bloody Marys and like I swear it was like 
the best Bloody Mary I've had in a long time, but also I haven't drank in like five or six months. So okay. yeah, everything's probably going to be the best, but man, Bloody Marys are good. I don't love sleep Bloody on Marys. those. Like I used to sleep on those because like I don't like tomatoes. Like I don't don't put tomatoes in anything like of mine. But like Bloody Marys, like yeah, because it's like spicy. Then like you could put other stuff like that. Put like the celery in it, and people put like bacon in it sometimes, and just it's it's amazing. Bloody Marys are good. They are. I miss the real ones. That's my go-to airport bar drink. Oh, really? Yeah. That's good. It it makes... I feel like some drinks, like, make me feel like an adult, like a real adult. Because, like, <laughs> m- my go-to airport drinks are either, like, an Angry Orchard, because it's easy, or a mimosa. But... I, I think definitely I'm going to have to switch because I mean, like you can have a Bloody Mary like anytime. And like the thing that sucks about like mimosas is that like sometimes like champagne, the champagne that they have could be fucking awful. Well, yeah. And it generally will be, especially if it's not like when they're having like high turnover on mimosas. So they're not using it much. They're not going to have anything like they're not going to waste something good. Yeah. Oh man. Um well, should we get to the very great Star Wars news that we have this week? Yeah, let's talk about it. More casting news. Yes. So we found out that you know this is like worlds like colliding right now. Like I I am shocked by this. So if you guys are you know, starting listening now, we have been reviewing episodes of Deadwood for the past couple of weeks. I'm watching Deadwood for the first time. It's really fucking good. And I really like this guy on it. His name is Seth. He's played by Timothy Olymphid. Oliphant. Oliphant. And he's going to be in The Mandalorian Season 2. So excited. Fuck, I love him. He's great. He's a super good actor, and I don't know. I just it really it really pleased me because also he just seems like the nicest guy, so I'm happy. He is like I I I'm only like five episodes in, but I just I really like him. He just seems like a good man, and you God only knows what kind of character he'll be in in this. What else has he been in other than Deadwood? Um, the other really big thing he did was Justified, um, an FX show where he is also a law enforcement officer. Uh, Justified was on FX with uh, Walton Goggins from The Shield as the other main dude on that. And it's another one where Oliphant's playing like a really repressed angry dude but it's a little bit lighter in tone well a lot lighter in tone than deadwood and (laughs) what was the show where drew marymore is the zombie who's like eating people 
the Santa Clarita Diet. Yes, he's in that. And that's like a comedy. Because here's the thing is, Timothy Oliphant, from what I can tell, is actually like a huge goofball. Which makes me appreciate him more as an actor. Because the first time I watched Deadwood, (laughs) it wasn't that I thought he was bad. It's that he sort of gets outshone by the showier characters by you know like ian mcshane is the one everybody talks about on that show but that's because al is is such a more like outwardly dynamic character and seth is all like rage and repression so he's super angry all the time but it's all like interior for the most part. I mean, there's sometimes he like beats the holy hell out of people, but it's such a repressed performance. And I didn't, I didn't realize the first time I watched it. Cause it was the first time I had seen Oliphant or anything, how much of a deliberate choice that was. But when I then saw him on justified and then saw him on the Santa Clara diet, and it's such a like different thing. I'm like, oh no, everything he's doing in Deadwood is a choice. Like all of that, like being much more calm and stoic is a deliberate choice that he's making as an actor. And so now when I go back and watch Deadwood, I'm like, oh, like look at the way he's clenching his jaw in that scene or look at the way his fists are like going in this scene. And I'm like, oh fuck, no, he's just as good as Ian McShane. It's just a m- much more... Uh, subtle character. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, you know, like the first couple episodes, you see this, you know, genuinely good man, you know, he's an officer, you know, already something that I know so well. And, you know, these last couple episodes, he's been mad. He's been his body language, too. You can see it in that. So it's like I can see how as an actor, he is so talented because he's able to do so much and portray that, you know, to an audience. Like, I I think that definitely, too, that he has the opportunity to, to stand out in The Mandalorian, too, because he's just so talented. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really interested to see, because we don't, you know, we've gotten so many casting announcements and have no idea who anybody is playing. Um Somebody on Twitter suggested Timothy Oliphant as like an older Cad Bane. And I'm like, I mean, that's a little bit typecasting, but also it's the perfect idea. Like having him play a space cowboy? Come on. Yeah, but I couldn't imagine him calling someone little lady. Like if he that's called. What I want. Like, that's why I want it. <laughs> you want him to call Cara Dune little lady? <laughs> yes. And then she beats the shit out of him. Oh my God. Because again, that's the thing about him is, like, he is a really funny guy. Yeah. And he can be, like, the super dorky guy. Yeah. Which is which is maybe what I want him to do here more than I want, like, the Seth Bullock kind of role. I guess. I just hope he's not, like, Ben Burr's character. Like, during, like, the Bill Burr. episode. Bill Burr. What did I say? Ben. Ben Burr. <laughs> That's his brother. <laughs> oh, this shows how well I know actors and places and things, but yeah, I this is exciting. Like 
I, I feel like also, I feel like this is good news, but also, you know, back to my point that we're finding out so much about this season before it even starts. That just it's like I, I feel like thank God I don't know anything like plot wise, but just I know like every single person, like we're gonna start getting like names of like the background characters in the next couple of weeks, I feel like. Cause that's how many people are gonna be in this fucking show. Yeah. Ooh. Timothy Oliphant, Imperial Officer, would really do it for me, I gotta say. Oh, no. <laughs> He's a handsome, handsome man. Yeah. Oh, well, speaking speaking of Imperial, Imperial Officers, uh, you just got something in the mail recently. <gasps> yeah, my Hot Toys Chronic finally came. Oh, my God. I, I get to see him. I get to see him firsthand. Oh my god. It's like she's holding a miniature Ben Mendelssohn in her hand. Like I can't believe it. Like he's here. I didn't think that he was ever coming. And now he's bald. So he comes with a hat. And the way that works is with the hot toy stuff and make it to make it so that the hat fits well is the side of the hair is sculpted onto the head and the back of the hair is sculpted onto the head to the the face mold but the top of the hair is basically like a toupee that magnets on so you can instead put on the imperial cap and it'll fit nicely and we'll put i'll put some pictures up when this episode comes out but it also does make it so you can just have bald ben mendelson and it's terrifying looking i like the hat i think that's the only thing i haven't seen like picture wise on twitter yet was like him with like the floppy hat yeah, I forgot to put a picture of that up. But it's a really nice. Th- I mean, the face sculpt is awesome. Uh, I need to work on posing it because I don't. I'm bad at posing things, and it's difficult to get it to look right. But it, I mean, one of the things I love about the hot toys, and yes, they're super expensive, but the details, like the cape, has a has wire sewn in it at the bottom, so that you can give it some movement, and it doesn't just like hang straight down. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's a really nice touch. And it came with the um, the cape magnets on, and you can also take that off and put on the uh, the rain poncho from the beginning scene as well. Oh, right. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you that you got him. I'm so glad it finally came. It looks really good. I'm very happy with it. Hot Toys is really good at, like, putting, like, care into the toys and just the the detail is just incredible. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're you know, they're expensive pieces, but there's a reason for that. They're just, they're, they're incredibly well done. And although you're seeing, you know, like they have that 3D modeling, like full body scan that everybody's getting now for the the Hasbro toys and stuff. But it's just, it's not even comparable, really. Yeah. I still can't get over how good your Tarkin looks. The Tarkin is, of the the hot toys that I've seen, the best one. I, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know, like what in the process makes that the way it is, but it's it's absolutely the best to like figure. And every once in a while, Hot Toys does miss. Like I would have really liked to get the General Organa 
Leia figure, but it just fucking sucks. <laughs> and if it fucking sucked and was 20 bucks or, you know, even 50, then maybe. But if I'm spending, you know, 200 plus dollars on a figure, then it needs to be amazing. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of a reason why the Tarkin's the best, but maybe they just really perfected the bone structure because he has such a like particular like bone structure that they must have like really like gone in and perfected that and it shows and yeah, I mean I like the, the the sunken cheeks and the, the like the creases on the face it's really it's it's remarkable what they're able to do. Yeah. I just wish they do Poe Dameron like they announced they were going to like five years ago and still have not done. Yeah, Poe Dameron needs some justice because I feel like everyone always fucks up his figures. Dude, his figures are terrible looking. There's like the the melty face looking one, which I think was even like the Black Series. They're te- all of them are bad. And Oscar Isaac is such a handsome, handsome man. I just, I don't get, like, how it's so bad. Like, I see the memes and everything, and it's just, like, the Force Awakens ones, like, the the Black Series one, like, like, this, like, Like with the crossed eyes and the, like, he looks sort of like if you took Benicio Del Toro's face and smushed it. And Al's face. I feel like if you put Benicio Del Toro and Al from the Deadwood, like that's this Poe Dameron right here. <laughs> that's a terrible one. It's a, And here's the thing about them is it's not that they just, oh, they can't get it to look right. They can't get it to look like Poe. The only reason I know that any of the Poe Dameron figures are Poe Dameron is because they say Poe Dameron on the package. Actually, I think the one that got it the best is the Resistance figures with the cartoon Poe. Yeah, there's also like another black series one of of him in like a darker cape that looks like a little better. Yeah, it's a little bit better, but it's still not right. Yeah, I'm looking at the cartoon ones now for resistance and yeah, that is better. Yeah, cuz it just looks like his cartoon. Disney. Come on. I don't know. It's very strange, but I want Hot Toys to get it right, and I want it to come out because I've been after it. You know, they announced it. I mean, probably like right after, or even right after Force Awakens. Yeah. And there's been there's not even like a product like at least like you know like with some of them we've seen pictures of beforehand and stuff. The Dameron one, like, was a teaser image of like a jacket, so we haven't even seen a, a prototype of the face or anything. What other ones did they say they were going to do but haven't done yet? Oh. There's been a lot. Like, the Krennic one was actually announced a long time before it happened. And then sort of, like, it was originally appeared. I don't know whether it was San Diego or one of, like, the Japanese toy shows. But there was some convention that had it, I think maybe even before Rogue One came out. And then not nothing was announced about it ever again until it was, hey, we made the figure. And that was like two or three years. Um, I know there's just I know there's other ones that just have never happened, but the Poe is the one that sticks in my head because it's the one I really want. 
Yeah, like I think that Poe deserves a good figure. And I just, I think that'd be like such a good idea because I know that so many people would get that figure because I know there's a Ray one. Is there a Finn Hot Toys? There is a Finn. There's some Finn ones. I'm trying to remember what the version is. I know there's one with him as a stormtrooper, and I think there's also a um one with him in the jacket. Yeah, I see the one with him in the jacket with the lightsaber. I don't know if they've done a episode nine version of him with the blue pants and the new hair. Oh my God. Someone is selling one on eBay of just his body without the head. (laughs) That's creepy. How fucking terrifying is that? Oh man. The, uh, Commander Cody one looks really good. Yeah, there's a Mandalorian one with the um that has the bonus figure of the Yoda in the little space bassinet. And I just I don't have the money to get it, but I do keep looking at it. How much is it? Like 300. Shit. Yeah. Oh my god, the Yoda looks really good. It's great. Yeah, but did you don't like his um you don't like the new armor, you like the older beat up armor more. I do right? I do like the beat up armor more than the shiny shiny Baskar armor. But uh, I wish they would do a because um, they did like the some of the other Mandalorians and I was hoping they would do the armor, but they haven't announced that yet. But Poe's the sort of the one I'm waiting for. Like, like I have I have a Leia, and as much as I would have liked the general Leia one to be good, having a Leia one is sort of enough. Um, I'm not going to collect multiples in Hot Toys because they're too expensive. So I have the Hoth Leia, and it's, it's a gorgeous figure. And as much as I like the Endor Leia, I'm like, okay, I already have Leia. So that's fine. Um... <laughs> I'd like to get a Han, but either they're sold out or there's the one you can get, but I don't like the, um, I can't remember. It might be the Empire one, but he has a dumb expression on his face that I don't like. And again, if you're spending, you know, two two fifty on a toy, then it better be something you really, really like. So I still want a Han at some point, but I don't know. I'll sort of look around on eBay or something. Because I know the, like, the one I could get that was actually in stock. I'm like, no, I don't like that one. Yeah, I'm, I see like they have the Force Awakens Han. And they have, um, I don't think it's Hot Toys, but they have a young Han or a Alden, Alden one. Yeah, I'm not getting that. And then I have... I have Force Awakens Ray with BB-8, which is a really nice set. Oh, and I have um, Luke. I have old Luke with a little Porg. 
And then I have the uh, floral print uh, Stormtrooper, which is like a China pattern blue on the Stormtrooper that I really like. You really are collecting those. Some of them I bought, some of them I won. And I didn't like others um, because Sideshow, which is distributes hot toys in the US, gives you uh, points, not like when you buy things, but they will also like random times throughout the year just have like codes for reward points and you can just bank them so they don't expire. So I've had, you know, times when I've had a couple hundred like dollars, like, you know, worth of points. Like I have right now, I think I have like $175 in rewards. So could that would go a long way towards another figure, but I'm waiting because really Poe is who I want at this point. Or if they announce a Ventress hot toys rather than the Ventress statue, which is $600 and I cannot get, but since they're doing, they they're doing some more Clone Wars figures. I hope that one of them is going to be Ventress, because she's one that people have been asking for for a while. Yeah, I think that would be a good one. I would hate to see like them like do something other than Ventress, because I mean I feel like I would have loved to see her in this last season, or you know the. Netflix season before you know like I feel like obviously like her story continued in Dark Disciple but you know I would love to see on screen you know what what happened to her and yeah I really liked you know her teaming up with Obi-Wan kind of in the end to fight Maul and before Maul escaped for the 17th time and speaking of Maul <laughs> he does have a hot toys too from Solo yep Uh, he just keeps coming back. Like he, he's fine in in Clone Wars, but like anything else, I'm just. I swear to God, if he fucking comes up in Mandalorian, like <laughs> it's gonna be a no for me. Yeah, there's, there's, you gotta draw the line somewhere. Yeah. Huh. Um. Emily, do you want to move on to email? Sure. I believe we got an email from our friend Adele. Yeah, and this is Quarantine 3. Hello, all. I'm glad you're both surviving lockdown and still recording. If only it were more often because I've been working six days a week and nothing goes with testing for coronavirus like the Cantobite Dispatch. Anyway, I was wondering... Who would be your top three Star Wars characters to quarantine with? I'd imagine someone would be too stir-crazy and someone would be too boring. Who would be the perfect mix? Thanks, Adele. Yeah, Adele does, like, um, blood testing and stuff, so. Shit. Props to Adele. Yeah, I would imagine is uh, currently very, very busy. Shit. Well, my thoughts are you with Adele, or with you, Adele, and your porglet and your family. It's hard. Ooh, quarantine three. My first thought was Leia. Leia would be fun. I mean, Carrie would be fun. 
Yeah. I don't know if Leia would be fun. Carrie would be the most fun. Yeah. Like, it'd never be boring with Carrie. Like, if I were picking actors, it would be Carrie and John Boyega and I don't even know who else, but that would be my top two. What about Oscar? Wouldn't that be like a delightful three? I think so. Yeah, that seems. And also, it seems like they would also get, they all get along. Yeah. So you wouldn't have to worry about like people fighting. Yeah, because you don't want that in quarantine. No. Hmm. I don't know what I'd want. I mean, like, that's a pretty good three. I mean, God, I can sit here and think forever of you know like Lando would be fun like but I feel like Lando would like start shit sometimes just to start shit I think Lando would get bored and then become a problem <laughs> like you need somebody who can survive the boredom although there'd be plenty of fun ways to survive boredom with Lando that he'd be down for um <laughs> so yeah maybe Lando hmm. yeah Finn would be fine. Like, Finn Finn and Poe, like, yeah. Like, them together. Yeah, like, that's a dynamic duo. Like, I think of someone who, because, I mean, I I think, like, I, I say this literally. Like, literally every single night I'm playing board games with my family and we play badminton in the backyard. So it's like, I'm imagining who my partner's in badminton and in dominoes are gonna be so like this is a serious like i think finn knows how to deal with boredom from being a stormtrooper oh yeah because there's a lot of times as stormtroopers you're just standing around not doing anything or he's like he's doing his shit like maintenance work he would be pretty good at making it fun though like, yeah he'd be that yeah. kind of person that makes work fun and i think that he would be good at badminton <laughs> it's the most important measure yeah yeah so yeah finn's on my list um because hmm. like people i want to sleep with versus people i want to spend like four months with are not necessarily the same answer Yeah. So it immediately removes all of my villain characters because, like, I don't want to spend four months living with a crazy, like, fascist dude. Four months with Director Krennic. No. I mean, you'd you'd have to kill him. Like, that would be your only option. Yeah. Honestly, I think that mine would just be Finn, Poe, and Ray because I just, I feel like that's such a great group of people who all, you know, they get along. They bicker a little bit like siblings, but shit, that's okay. You know, and they they just seem like they would be a good time. Like, yeah, we would get bored sometimes, but I mean, shit, what matters most is that, you know, we get together at the end of the day and play board games and some badminton and, you know, that's how we that's how we deal. I'm going to go with Finn and Holdo and 
Maybe Chewy. Oh. Partly because I watched the first half of Solo last night, and there's that line that Rio has about the best nap you ever take is curled up in a Wookiee's lap. And I'm like, I've taken a lot of naps during quarantine. Oh, man. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, you have to take naps. Like, I, I feel like definitely in quarantine, too, that like I have like a scheduled like nap time. So I just I feel like, you know, you got to create schedules. So I, I can't imagine how scheduled nap time to go with the Wookiee. Like, I just I feel like that would like go together so well. Comforting cuddles from Chewbacca. I miss those from Chewbacca. <laughs> you miss them? All those times that yeah. Chewbacca and you would cuddle back in the day? <laughs> Yeah, before all this, uh, before all the quarantining started. Yeah. <sighs> That's a good group. That's a good group. I, I think that I, I think you'd have a good time. You get yeah. along with Holdo well. Everyone gets along with Chewbacca. Like if you don't get along with Chewbacca get the fuck out of here I mean famously you don't everybody does not get along with Chewbacca but then he rips their arms off so yeah I just hope he doesn't get mad like what if you play board games with Chewie and like he gets really really pissed off like do you just have to let him win every time yeah yeah. playing board games with Chewbacca would not be great but I feel like I feel like Holda would not stand for it so she would shut down that like his good old tantrums at losing. Yeah, but then he rip her arms off. He's not gonna rip off Holdo's arms. I hope not. And he might get bad at badminton too. Like he might like throw his racket on the roof or something. That'd be really sad because all the rackets would end up on the roof. <laughs> he is kind of petulant. But we love him. But yeah, and nap time cuddles. So, yeah, it all levels out. Yeah. Well, thank you, Adele, for the email. That was cute. Well, Emily, should we talk about Deadwood? Yeah, let's talk about Deadwood. Sorry. Okay. So... Episode five was the trial of Jack McCall. I hate Jack. Yeah. I, I hate the trial that the gem was turned into a courthouse. Yeah. I, I hated that. <laughs> <laughs> so here, the premise for people I haven't seen, um, the premise is, uh, again, Deadwood is not part of the United States and they don't really have any legal standing and the they're going to hold this trial but the worry that some people like Al specifically have is they're trying to get annexed into the United States and so if suddenly they're holding trials and having a government 
wants to stop the U.S. government from going, oh, you're just your own fucking country? Then fine. Like, have at it. It's nuts. It's... It's just nuts. Like, I don't get, like, a couple days ago, Wild Bill, like, killed someone. No one did anything about it. And then all of a sudden, like, Wild Bill dies. And we're like, oh, like, let's let's make this, you know, let's make laws. And, you know, let's have a trial. Oh, because you're... <sighs> there are circumstances under which you are allowed to kill people. And, like, that's why when... In that past episode, when... um when he kills Nick Offerman, you know, the first reaction there is, dude, he didn't even, the guy didn't even go for his gun, but then Seth backs him up being like, he was, he was, he meant him harm. Like if somebody means you harm, you can kill them. Yeah. That's fair. But Jack went up to, went up to Bill and just shot him, you know, stone dead, like in the middle of a poker game. That's not okay. That's murder. Yeah, and I still can't get the image of Nick Offerman holding his penis out of my head. <laughs> but so another thing that's been going on in this episode is that Al sent Trixie to go help um, Alma with the child. Yeah, um, Alma has the kid now because, I mean, she's basically the only one who can. Yeah, and it's like oh hey you're a woman and you're not a big drunk like Jane is and uh, almost every other woman in town is a sex worker and we're not going to let them care for a child so you're a rich woman here is a kid for you to take care of yeah and so like Trixie comes in and like I still like Al is sneaky like I don't know if he's sending Trixie in to like give Alma something for like Alma because I, I I think I mean obviously Al wants Alma dead right not necessarily dead he what he wants is for her to sell him the claim back yeah because Al knows that there's gold on it That's just, like, so much. And, like, you know, Trixie coming in and everything. And, like, I like this side of Trixie. Like, Trixie, you know, helping with the kid and everything. And, you know, I can see that she at least a little bit genuinely cares about what's happening to Alma. Well, just especially because Alma wants to get off of Laudanum. Yeah. And, and that's, Trixie knows what yeah. that's like. Yeah, that because because Trixie has this line about how she was, you know, addicted to it from the age of like twelve to however old she was two years ago or some line like that. <laughs> but oh, I love her. Yeah, I don't know. I have a soft spot for Trixie. I don't know why. I, I really like Trixie. her. Trixie's great, and Paul Malcolmson does does such a wonderful, nuanced portrayal of her. And. So the trial is going on, and uh, Jack's lawyer tells him to say that Wild Bill killed his brother, and that's, like, why he killed him, that it was a revenge killing. And that, I believe, is the official story of 
what Jack McCall, why Jack McCall killed him. And the show takes a stance that that's just a complete lie. I'm not sure if that's something that is backed up historically. I haven't looked into it. That's like so shitty. Like I can't get over still not only how shitty it is, but the fucker got away with it. Like even when the other attorney was like saying, do you even have a brother? Like, how can you not tell this motherfucker is lying? Like, I just, I'm dumbfounded. Just every time I just look at this fucker, like, I just get so annoyed because not only is he annoying as fuck, but he killed the nicest fucking man in the world. Like, why are you still breathing? <laughs> yeah. And well, I mean, well, uh, who knows if, I mean, the, the show, you know, finds venison because he was found innocent, but that is, we know Al putting his foot into the jury because, again, Al's worried that if they hang this guy, then the U.S. government will see that as a, like a declaration of them, them declaring themselves their own like sovereign nation. Yeah. And they want to get annexed into the U.S. They want to be part of the, I mean, probably, the, you know, it'll end up being Dakota, but that's still slightly in question at this time what state they would be a part of. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting getting, you know, information about that and seeing like where this all falls and like, you know, like American history, you know, like they're talking about Lincoln and I'm like, whoa, like real things are happening. Yeah, because because Al has has a lied about whether he should actually have a picture of him up in the bar or not because it gets people agitated. I can't believe they... They had the the hearing in the gym. I can't fucking believe. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's no other place to have it. There's not they like a town hall. Put it across the street where the where? other saloon is. Oh, but that's, I mean, because the thing is, because they're talking about it and, uh, you know, well, really, it's side doesn't want to have it there. But he, you know, he has the lie down. But well, you know. I would use my place, but you know, yours is you're the the seniority in this town. But it's not like that's having it a better place. You're still having it in a fucking brothel. Yeah. Then didn't they go into like the deliberation room, like with the women too? <laughs> no, they just go into the into the room where the. I, okay, I'm going to use this word because it's the word the the show uses i yeah. hate this word but th- it's throughout the show it's always whores yeah and so it's the 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 jury will go into the whores rooms to deliberate because it's the room that that sex workers generally like prepare in like any of the times you see doc like checking on the women and stuff it's in that room yeah it's like their waiting room that's so fucking trippy that just I, I I think that was just like the one thing from the episode that I can't get over is that the gem was the fucking courtroom. Like, yeah. Well, and he has that when when Al's talking to the judge and asks him if he wants a blowjob. <laughs> Not by him, though. <laughs> I wasn't offering personally. I love him. But then, like this episode, yeah. So Jackie is eventually found innocent, and. Then we get, which is, because I think it's such a cool character detail, it's one of my favorite scenes with Al. And that's when 
when Al goes up, because Jack is all like, you know, like signing autographs and shit and being a huge fucking asshole. And Al goes up to him and it's this real quiet, really scary ass scene where he's like, there's a horse outside for you. And you need to get on it. And Jack calls like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? And Al has one of the coolest lines of the show. It's like, leave before somebody who cares about right or wrong takes care of you. Or I do. And I'm like, because that thing is, it's like, Al hates this guy. He fucking mm-hmm. hates him. And he got him off because he, like, he, and it's not, he didn't just get him off because he didn't like Bill. Like, he got him off because he knows what it means if they find that guy guilty. And finding that guy guilty is, like, bad for Deadwood as far as what Al wants Deadwood to be. But he fucking hates the guy and he doesn't want him there. And he kind of wants the guy dead. But he's not, like, going to kill him because then it's going to be in, like, another fucking fiasco. But I love that it's like, if you stay here, I'll fucking kill you. Deadwood is just bad. <laughs> Everything about it is bad. And then when I start to find something that I like about it, it just dies. And then they had, you know, the the funeral for Wild Bill and... I was I was really starting to I really liked the pastor. Like I loved how like into it he was. I I love him. He's so great. Like just how he gets into you know, the Bible and hymns and everything. Like it just it it feels so I can't explain it. It just, it, I, I feel it. Like, I feel the passion. And then the fucking episode ends with him having a seizure. Yeah. It's rough. Nothing can be good in Deadwood. And then Seth's mad as hell. Like, Seth's an angry boy. Like, he, he wants to leave town and cause some mayhem. Like, he's fucking done. Yeah, and, and that's, I mean, I, I think it's partially that, you know, obviously that he really liked Bill and was considered him a friend and also it's that whole you know he was he was an ex-marshal he was a sheriff like he like he can't just let that go and i love that that saul knows that and how he's you know he he doesn't want he doesn't really want seth to leave Mm -hmm. um and he also knows it's dangerous for him to go after this guy but he knows who seth is and that he's gonna go i like soul star Oh, he is the best. Just genuinely one of the few straight through nice guys on the show. There's just like so many aspects of, you know, the show I really like. Also, like I I started I, I started watching this episode a couple days ago and I finished it today. Wasn't there a scene with Alma and uh, Seth together for the first time? Because Wild Bill asked him to like, f- like look after the claim and everything, since like Bill felt that he couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So that's like his. I mean, now it becomes a sort of like dying promise to Bill. And yeah, so it's him, like basically saying, "Hey, I'm not." And I, I can't like, I can't account this claim for you, but I'll find somebody who will, and I'll make sure that that everything's you know good. 
I like him. I'm not creating a ship of two characters. Okay. But I've had a feeling since day one. I don't know why, but like I just I I see them, you know, apart and then like I see them like come together for the first time. You know, not like like how like Daenerys and like Jon Snow like came together for the first time cuz it's like everyone always always knew that like Jon Snow and Daenerys would always like end up together. I don't know why, but it, it but then it happened everyone's like uh, but I, I just, I have a feeling because like she was talking to him and, you know, she, she seemed like she was like flirting with him a little bit, you know, how, mm-hmm. but because about like how, like when he killed that man and she's like, I, I imagine it was you and it was, and I'm just like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, stay tuned. I see a future with them and probably not a good future because like she's a little sneaky. So, I I don't know, but we'll see. And he and he's an angry boy too. So like it, it's very unpredictable. But like I I know he has to come back because our our boy can't leave. Our our good boy <laughs> sheriff can't leave. But also, episode six is coming, and especially with the pastor, like having a seizure and you know possibly dying like i don't think that episode six is going to be a good episode because i saw the title and i don't think it's going to be a happy episode um there's some there's some gnarly stuff in this one uh, the opening scene is, I will tell you, pretty fucking intense. Like, scary? Violent. Thank you for warning me. There is... Looking at the show over three seasons, there are like three or four fight scenes that really stay with me. Or three or four like scenes of violence that really stay with me. And this is one of them. Okay. There's another one in this season. No, there's... Oh man, I can't. Well, there's one character who I can't remember whether he comes in in season one or season two. I think it's season one. In which case, that's another super violent thing. There's another one in the season two premiere. And then there's one late in season three, which is the fucking gnarliest, grossest fight scene I've ever seen in anything. And there's one scene in this season that I can't watch and fast forward through every time. Is it due to violence? Is it yeah. due to... Yep, 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 yep. It's, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. It really, I don't know, like, it's weird because it's not even necessarily the most violent thing that happens in Deadwood, but it's one of the, I don't know, it's just there's something about the way it's shot and the way it's done that is, like, viscerally fucked up and cruel, and I can't watch it. But that's later. We'll get to that. 
well, it's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks in Deadwood. Um, I assume the plague is coming. I mean, that's the name of the episode. So, like, okay, so, like, okay, it's it's all making sense now. So, like, the dude that they, uh, I forget what his name was, but, like, they took him out to the forest and they just Andy. left him there. Andy. Yeah. I assume Andy had the plague or something. Yeah. Um, it's not, like, it's not the bubonic plague. Okay. Like, characters, I'll, I'll tell you that. Like, characters refer to it as the plague and it is, it, do you want to know what it actually is? I mean, it's. Not, like, really a spoiler. Sure. It's smallpox. Oh. And that's why he had all, like, the the sores and stuff on his face. Yeah, I didn't add all that together. But, but yeah, just the pastor. Like, that was, that's what shocked me, was the pastor. Like, did, did he have that too or what did the past no. i mean we'll figure that out that probably. that you'll see like the caesars are really into like the thing to memory and also just his sort of weirdness that we'll get more of an explanation for okay but i do i do love his his funeral speech is really good that if the you know if the hand says it is not of the body is it not of the body is i think one of the cooler like pastoral speeches on tv and i love the fact it's it's such a small thing. I love how like badly sung the hymn is. I know. And like nobody's in time with each other and nobody's in tune. And I kind of like that because it's much more realistic than these shows where you have the, the you know, like a funeral like or a church scene when everybody has these like, it's like basically like the choir only it's just all the people in the crowd. So I do kind of like that. If It feels really real. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like from like my old days where I used to go to church, like it, it, it kind of reminds me of that just a little bit, like just how uneven it is. And, you know, but especially like how passionate like the pastor is like, I, I fucking love that. Like he is such a good actor. God bless him. Yeah. He's like, a really interesting character. I like him a lot. He is. And I'm sad to see him possibly go because who else is going to do these beautifully spoken funerals? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Um, so, I mean, all of these characters, or most of them, are like real life people? A lot of them are real life people or amalgamations of real life people. Um... Like, Al Swearingen was a real guy, but, mm-hmm. like, has a very different fate than than Al Swearingen does. And it's sort of like, they, they took the basis of the character, which is, there is this saloon owner criminal named Al Swearingen. And yeah. that's, like, that's pretty much as far as the realism goes. Um, Seth Bullock was real. I think Saul was as well. Um... And obviously, like, there's people you know about more than others. Like, there's not records of people like, like, people like Trixie wouldn't be, we wouldn't know about. Like, women like her existed, but we don't know their names or anything. Because people didn't write about them. Um, We'll get some more, like, 
more well-known figures in the future, um, including up until like in season three, when we get some of the Earps, like Wyatt Earp and his brothers. The oh, the wow. pastor, I'm not sure if he's based on somebody real or not. I kind of don't remember. Yeah, because I don't want to start looking up these people and getting possible spoilers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, for the most part, the you know, like Wild Bill would have been the real spoiler. It's still so sad. Like, not only sad that like it happened, but like I didn't know from American history that it happened. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like it's like I I knew it, but I don't even know why I knew it. Like, it's not. I mean, it's not like you know he was fucking a huge like political figure, somebody. He was a celebrity. But he was so good and kind. I missed him and his hat and his long hair. Ah, his hair was so good. And then that scene with him and Al was just like beautiful. Ugh. We won't get that now because of that stupid asshole that killed him. Yeah. Fucking Jack McCall, man. Fuck you, Jack. Well, I am both terrified but eager to watch this next episode of Deadwood. So we'll see how that is. Uh, Thank you for warning me about the violence. It's a lot. It just like starts the episode just like starts off like that. It's it's at the beginning of the episode. Oh my god, yeah. I'm gonna have to like write a note like to tell myself like beware of violence. Shit. So I'm trying to figure out when uh, this character I like comes in. I never remember what episode it is. That's okay. No, I think we're still I think we still got a fair few before he's around. Yeah. That's okay. But I don't know. I, I'm really liking this. I'm really liking this like break from like Star Wars for like just a little bit. Like it's nice to talk about something else and something exciting and something that doesn't make both of us angry. <laughs> well, and it's something you're watching for the first time. Yeah. And we're we're not gonna have any Star Wars to watch for the first time for a while, so Yeah. I like it. Huh. Well, is there anything else that you want to add to the episode or do you think that we've covered it all? I think we've talked about everything. I mean, there's rumors that uh, Jimmy Smith is going to be on uh, Cassian, but I don't know how substantiated that is and how much it is. Just people want Jimmy Smith's to be on it. Cause I want Jimmy Smith's to be on it. Yeah, that would be fine. Like I like Jimmy Smith's. I love Jimmy Smith's. I've only seen him in like only Star Wars, but oh, okay. I know that he's beloved by many in this community. My mom watched a lot of NYPD Blue, which was like his big show. Mm. I think she had a crush on him. Oh, that's so precious. <laughs> yeah, she was always his favorite on that show. But 
I like Bill Organ is one of like the things in the prequels I actually do enjoy. And I loved him in the Leia Prince of Alderaan book. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that he's in Cassian. I'd like more of him. Like I just I feel like we didn't get enough of him in the prequels, you know, knowing that he was going to be Leia's, you know, caretaker and father. For... Well, no, there's no question there. Like definitely. Like he's her dad. Yeah. So I, I would have loved to see that more. And I definitely like I love that dynamic still that like the three of the, of, you know, Yoda, Obi-Wan and Bale like kind of had this. I would have loved to see more of like the relationship of those three because I mean like those you know cuz I mean how I I can't imagine like all of this going on in the war and, you know, the clones turning against and then like Bale all of a sudden is, is a father to, you know, one of his colleagues, kids. Like it just, yeah. it's, it's insane. <laughs> I don't know, but Jimmy Spitz is good. It Hopefully he's in Cassian. Yeah, man. Give me hot space dad. For Emily and Emily's mom. (laughs) Well, Emily, where can we find you in the podcast on social media? Um, The podcast is on Twitter and Instagram at CantobitePod. I am on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. You can email the show at CantobitePod at gmail.com. And you? You can find me on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So thank you everyone for listening. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Here we go. Yo, 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 and away we go It's time to serenade my girl Lindo Sorry the ladies where I had to say no But if I'm cheating on Serena, it's on Canto No shame in the game Make even Rogue One seem tame But I blame it on Brit with a ginger main main Yeah, that's fire Love on the rocks, leaves the love on my socks Lindo fanfic leaves y'all shocked Especially when y'all truly whips out his cock Canto bite Episode 100 Hey yo, I'm back, no fulcrum this time I'm on a flight to the bay and I'm writing some rhymes My top three running through my head, you know So I had to come correct when they hit the hundo My girls E and B deserve congratulations Our adulation for the weekly creation My last celebration was all about them But this time I gotta drop lines for our friends This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches on my Canto bitches Start off with my Aussies Catherine's a sweet one Brought cash into lunch With Canto bitch number one Josh made it a team And had bourbon and cornflakes The kind of ice cream That made him show me his old face Got to meet Turbo And throw back some brews Fish tacos and San Fran You know we approve Rebecca from Perth I haven't met you yet Last shout to Fruity, Dude I didn't forget 
this is for the bitches Strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches All the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches Only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches All my Canto bitches Rubia and Adele Often email the show I cut a track on them trolls With Johnny Grasso Jesse McGee busted a rap for me Met her and horse Be it scum and villainy King Tom Death Watch The most regal of fathers Got to behold the luscious locks of Strata Shouted Rusty last time So I shout a Raj too You know the list ain't complete without lesson boo This is for the bitches Strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches All the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches Only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches All my Canto bitches Now if I didn't say your name Don't feel no shame You love the fun, the games And refresher bangs Hang on every word of Lindo's fanfic Where she describes every vein in Mendo's dick Spread the word Maybe buy a t-shirt I don't know Maybe ask the girls if Yaddle squirts Take your CBD Send in your top three, And you'll always be a bitch like me Get him, Eric.